Rom Companion. Rom Companion. Rom Com. Companion. Rom Companion. Rom Companion. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Rom Companion, the podcast you can listen to alongside your favorite rom-coms. Um, so, um, as you may have noticed, this is not uh, the movie that I said I was going to do. This is not 27 Dresses. This is a bonus episode that I'm delivering to you. Uh, we're doing Dirty Dancing. Why are we doing Dirty Dancing? Um, well, something I must admit, uh, a lot of people... I'm probably surprised to hear this. I've never seen Dirty Dancing before, but I saw it last night for the very first time. And oh my goodness, what have I been missing out on my whole life? Uh, what a terrific film. And I do say film, not movie. It was a really great experience and to have experienced it as a 31 year old man uh was in like it was just great it was just it was a transcendent moment and uh i wanted to recreate that moment and kind of just get out and air out some of the feelings that i have about this uh terrific movie so that's why i decided to dedicate a whole episode to it now didn't want to wait to throw it into my normal rotation because uh, there's really no backstory here, right? There's really no history between me and this film other than never having seen it before. Uh, and two, I'm going to be 100% with you guys. I don't think it's a rom-com. Like, it doesn't follow any of the traditional beats. It's it's more dramatic more than anything, but obviously it's very romantic. It's very sensual. It's kind of like Ghost, um, oddly enough. But it, it, to me, it was just so such a strong... Ugh, it just left such a strong impression. I had to cover it on this podcast, and it's romance enough. And I don't think, guys, I don't think the rom-com audience, I don't think the rom-com listeners are going to complain about Dirty Dancing. So we're doing it. We're doing it. And uh, this is as long of an intro as we need because, again, there's no backstory. I saw it for the first time last night, and I'm watching it for the second time with you all right now. So let's go ahead and sync this up. We're going to play this, counting down from five, four, three, two, one, play. So I don't know what edition this is, right? Like, um, this is like a new Lionsgate um, production uh, intro, so I don't know. I know this movie came out in 1987. There's no way this was the Lionsgate opening so this might be like the 20th release or whatever but any case uh we're gonna start off here with this great song by the ronettes um so uh how did i get how did I, how did i come to to watch this movie um the apartment that i live at they do um uh, uh like movie nights and there was two options, uh, Cruella and Dirty Dancing. And, you know, thank goodness I saw Cruella last weekend. Otherwise, I would have picked Cruella, and I wouldn't be doing an episode about Cruella. And uh, I never would have seen Dirty Dancing. But no, I already saw Cruella. I chose to watch Dirty Dancing. I took a risk, and there was, like, no one else there. Uh, I live in a pretty big complex. There's, like... 
uh, I think like 300 units. So that would mean at least, right, 300 people, probably closer to four or 500 people. No one wanted to watch it. That's great because I had the front row seat all to myself. I got to do all the things, you know, all the giggles and all the claps and that didn't disturb anybody. So it was a really, <laughs> it was just a really great uh, time. But okay, here we go. Dirty Dancing. You have this great Be My Baby song. Uh, and then you get to see like these, this is a great uh, uh, opening. This is like, I don't know if this is a stills, like a slideshow kind of flipbook uh, stop motion effect or if this is like a post thing where they remove some frames but it just really shows you like guys this is about dancing this is a movie about music and dancing oh another thing it really does that's really good uh, and I didn't know this this movie takes place in 1967. I didn't know that. I thought this was a. I didn't know it was a period film. Summer of 1963. <laughs> 63. My bad. Baby, uh, so here's our mind. introduction to our protagonist. Uh, her name is Baby. Which whatever. Her name is Frances. I don't know why they call her Baby. I don't question it. Maybe the idea is that it's supposed to. Before the Beatles came. When I couldn't wait to like paint out that she's a immature, that she's young. But look, she's a baby and she's a daddy's girl, right? Even that line, it's creepy up to a certain age. And we're gonna we're gonna dive into the age thing in a moment. But right, she just said, "I'll never find a guy as great as my dad." Like, that's cute for a 14, 15 year old to say. That's a little less cute for a 19, 20 year old to say, right? Can we agree on that? To be like fawning over your own father. It's a little bit of like an Electra complex we got going on. But anyways, uh, here we can see, so it's a young family coming to this resort. And guys, I need to just be upfront about this. I don't, this is a big piece of American culture. I have zero context for, not even second slash third person experience. This is like an adult uh, camp in the Catskills which is like upstate New York, I don't know. The only, honestly, like, I don't, I don't hear, I don't know anything about this short of Mrs. Maisel and this. These are the only two references I have on what the heck an adult uh, family camp is like. It's, it's so foreign to me. And it's a relic anyways. They don't do this anymore, I don't think. Um, but you can kind of get a sense of like who, um, Baby is, right? Jennifer Grey. Baby is this, um, she's like, she's loving it. She's like, oh, wow, yeah, we're back at my favorite vacation spot. And we're, there's the guy. And, and she also uh, uh, had this little confrontation with her sister just right now. So they kind of uh, uh, characterize them really quickly. We see that Baby is, although the younger sister, a bit more mature, a bit more like realistic, right? A bit more liberal also. And then the sister, kind of like a, it's like a spoiled, spoiled brat. So I don't know this relationship between the two of them. They just said, and I forgot about this detail. It seems like they come here every year, but she just said that this is his first real vacation in six years. So am I to assume that this guy maybe used to vacation all the time, stopped for six years and came back. I don't know, I just mentioned it because the dad, played by Joey Auerbach, by the way, has a really strong connection, a relationship with the guy that owns the camp. And that's, that's confused me. 
all of 24 hours. I was gonna, it's confusing, as I was going to say, um, that's confusing for a while, but it's only been 24 hours, so maybe it makes more sense for other folks. But here you can see, right, like this is a camp that like they, they have like events uh, and games and, and classes, so you can see like the first day of camp we're going to have a nice dance warm-up. And here you have this great character, Penny, played by Cynthia Rhodes. Uh, not familiar with her, but she's great. She's a terrific actress. Um, I'm sure she had a very... Oh, no, she didn't. She had a very short career. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Her career stopped with this film, which is wild because I would assume that her career would keep going. So she did a lot of dance movies, though. She's obviously a professional dancer. She did Xanadu, Flashdance, Staying Alive. Runaway, which I don't think is a, a rom-com, I mean, a dance movie. And then she did Dirty Dancing, then she stopped. Good for her, though. Like, she's, she's retiring on top, but, uh, yeah, she, she, she did a great job in this film. We'll talk more about her later. But here you can see, um, I love this musical overture, a time of my life overture. But Baby's just like a little girl. I, uh, I don't want to say that. But she's like frolicking around, kind of just skipping through the camp. And then check this out. She's very inquisitive. She's exploring. And we get to learn more about this world. So these guys are here. The staff, the waiters rather. They are. Slap them out to the terrace. Show them the stars. Romance them any way you want. Got that guy. Thing to do. Hey, hold it. So check. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, this is our introduction to Patrick Swayze. I'm gonna well, shut up. It isn't the entertainment staff. Listen, wise ass, you got your own rules. Dance with the daughters. Teach them the mambo, the cha-cha, anything they pay for. But that's it. That's where it ends. No funny business. No conversations. And keep your hands off. So I don't get this world, but let me just uh, uh, summarize what just happened. There's the service staff, and they're all like, like he mentioned, like Harvard and Yale guys. So these are all rich, uh, uh, upper class. Like, I don't know if they're poor. I don't know why they're working here. Maybe they get paid very well. I don't know, but... Like, the waiters are all, like, the type of boys you'd want your daughters to marry. But what did he say, right? He's like, and, and, and he, he very clearly said it. He was like, um, I want you to be good to the daughters, even the dogs. And he means the ugly girls. So be nice to them. Show them a good time. Be perfect gentlemen to them. So I, it's, like, it's like a weird, like, pseudo matchmaking service right like why else would all of these uh uh harvard and yale um students um want to work as uh waiters in this case it's networking right and he's networking with lisa and she already does Look at that. He's flirting with her, right? And the parents are okay with this. Everyone's okay with this because it's not like a creepy waiter uh, uh, flirting with my daughter. It's a nice boy. It's a nice, you know, Yale boy. Uh, uh, and we're going to talk about class in a second. But here is uh, 
I don't know his name. Fuck this guy. Uh, uh, Neil, I guess. Neil Kellerman. He's like his son. They're setting up baby with his son. And I hate this guy. <laughs> so she's going into the Peace Corps instead of college, she says. Um, so I don't, I, I don't I really know what the deal is. But again, it seems like the dad knows them and Here's our first bit of dancing. This guy. I don't know his name. This guy's killing it. His name is Charles Coles. Playing Tito Suarez. Look at him tap dancing. Boom, man. He moves better at his age than I do at a fraction of his age. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, while this is going on, uh, he says this. So, like, again, this is like this weird, like, thing where the... The wait staff is like encouraged to uh, flirt with and, and just show the daughters a good time. But then when the entertainment staff comes in, these are not like Juilliard guys, right? These are not like, you know, fancy art school guys. These are, I don't know, there's like a certain like classism to them. As he said, like, and you don't flirt with them. You dance with yeah, them and you, on. you know, like do whatever they tell you, but then you stop fraternizing with them. So yeah, like right there, it's kind of already painting these dividing lines for, for these people. Like, so there's like, yeah, customers, you got wait staff, you got the owners of the place, and then you have the entertainment staff. And here we get to see the entertainment staff. So there's Penny from earlier dancing with Patrick Swayze and boy, oh boy, they are killing it. Look at them. A great exhibition, right? And this is how you should start off your film in a film, a film called Dirty Dancing. And you just have, oh man, look at the way he moves, look at the way she moves, right? Be showing off with each other. And look at this guy being a dork. That's not gonna sell lessons. And he's wrong. That is gonna sell lessons. This guy's an idiot. Uh, but yeah, like, they, so you have the two professional dancers dancing with one another, and that's not what they want, which is. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that, but they want them to dance with the guests. So again, like, it is so weird. They are like, I don't like to use this term lightly, but that's what it feels like. It feels like they're trying to like pimp them out. They want to pimp out Penny to all these old dudes to dance with them. And then uh, Patrick Swayze to all these like, you know, housewives to dance with them. And he even says something to this, uh, to this effect. He like, he sees them dancing to, with one another. And then he shows like a, a look of disgust. They're clearly the best dancers, and I, if I saw them dancing, this would make me want to buy and pay for lessons. So I don't know what they're talking about, but look how sensual this dance is. This is such an intimate, erotic. Oh boy, I, I'm using my, I'm busting out my thesaurus for this. How many ways can I say the word sexy, right? <laughs> but it is what it is, guys. This is dancing. This is like sexy, and then he's like, cut it out, and then now here they are. Now they're gonna start dancing with the guests. So they start. Again, pulling like these these wives and, and husbands out to the dance floor. Hi kids, having fun? Yeah. Uh, actually I've got to excuse myself. I'm in charge of the game. So Jerry Orbach, right? Like he is invested in his daughter. So he's a good dad. He's invested with his daughters. But as you can see, he's like he's like investing in his daughter. Um, uh, uh, fraternizing with uh, Neil, like the son of the owner, and then he's okay with uh, his other daughter Lisa fraternizing with um, the waiter. What's his name? Robbie. 
So he's... So he's not, like, I guess what I'm trying to say, he's not against the idea of uh, having his girls, you know, have a little summer fling here, which is weird, but... Uh, anyways, uh, here's Wayne Knight. Great, is this one of the early Wayne Knight? <laughs> Great joke, man. That's supposed to be one of the early Wayne Knight roles. It is. This is like his second role. That's amazing. Um, if you guys don't know Wayne Knight, look him up. You've definitely seen something he's been in. Uh, for sure, you've seen Seinfeld. So, but um, yeah, great, great uh, comedic relief. But here, now you can start to see, like, this is where I think this movie is so complicated. So we're about 14 minutes in. I think that that is the introduction i almost want to say this is a new act i almost want to say this is an act break because you establish ev who everybody is and you establish that that's that world here's the world of the guests now we're gonna die uh baby is this really precocious very curious girl she's constantly like uh, uh questioning and inquisitive Hi. things so here she is venturing into the working world so these are the entertainment staff right the people that no guess allowed house rules you know we got house rules to keep them separated I saw you dancing with a little boss man. Remember these two had this, that little connection earlier when they were when they were um, unloading the, the look at these by the way look at these fucking watermelons. Never in my life have I seen watermelons that big before. I don't where do you even get watermelons like that? Like I, that, I'm more <laughs> intrigued by that more than anything. But uh, here you can see. Right, once the guests are asleep, all the, the workers, they're having fun. And they don't have fun the way that you have fun. They don't dress up in tuxedos and social dance. Look at this. Anybody recognize this from middle school and high school? This is modern day dancing. This is, I guess, what they would call dirty dancing. But guys, it's bumping and grinding, you know? I would have thought that, uh, uh, oh my goodness. So erotic. I would have thought that uh, bumping and grinding was like invited in the invented in the 90s or in the uh, 2000s, but as you can see, this has been around since the 60s, babies. Just fucking and getting <laughs> getting tips and clits, just rubbing on each other's thighs, baby. Like tail as old as time. Want to try it? So remember how the first introduction to dancing was. Uh, 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 Swayze, right? And, and, and like, boom, like, nope, that's not what this movie's about. Again, here's like, I think a new act. Check out uh, uh, how these real people danced back. I shouldn't say real people, everybody's real, but you know what I mean? Like, here's how, <laughs> here's how real people danced. You know, they're not being polite for their families or for the uh, other people, for the. Oh my goodness, this guy is. And I love what I like about this dancing too is that there's a certain voyeurism to this, but it is not. We'll get more about this later. There's, are, you guys, are you guys familiar with the male gaze? Maybe I've talked about it before. If I haven't, um, the male gaze is uh, something from film theory. Laura, Laura Mulvey uh, mentioned it. I think I talked about this a couple of podcasts. But since most directors are men, and since most movies are kind of made by men for men, a lot of camera angles and sh scenes and shot choices are about maximizing men's voyeuristic pleasure, fetishizing women's body parts and such. And 
This, in my opinion, doesn't do that. It, for the most part, is, is equal in in showing off the sensuality, the sexuality, the inherent beauty of both forms, male and female. Right? You can see, even see here. You have uh, Swayze and Cynthia Rhodes. They look great together. Yeah. You think they were a couple? And I love this too. So they have this relationship, which is great, and I'm glad that they kind of spell it out early on that these two are not romantic partners. But just because you're not romantic partners with somebody does not mean that you can't like dance and express your bodies and express your feelings. And and what I love about these two is they both highlight each other's sexuality without taking it's a generosity he is showing her off saying look how sexy she is enjoy her body and enjoy her sexuality as she wants to present it and then same thing with Patrick Swayze she is like look how right strong and and and, and virile this man is look how sexy his sweaty body is without you know claiming it for her own that's one thing I love the most about this film I hate to get too like deep into critical film theory but like uh, you'll see right now, this is like a glamour shot all about Patrick Swayze. And look at this. This is really interesting. I carried a watermelon. I carried a watermelon. So he very clearly does not want her here. He is trying to stick by the rules. He knows what this is, and he knows what's going on. He knows that he's a staff member, and he does not want to be fraternizing with the guests. He doesn't want to blow up his spot. And this blow up this opportunity. So I don't know. I they really paint this guy out to be a fair and balanced person. Cause something that I had always questions, something that I was always had a problem with, um, before, you know, before I watched this movie, before I knew what it was about, I was really concerned with their power dynamic and the age difference. I don't know if you guys know this. Look at this. So he's kind of. You know, giving her a lesson, but it's not—at least I don't think. Maybe I could be wrong, but it doesn't feel sexual. It doesn't feel like anything so much as like, hey, you know, you're a wallflower. I feel bad you're just watching here. You know what I mean? I feel like he would do this for anybody in the uh, uh, service staff, right? In the entertainment staff, he would show them how to dance. Uh, the fact that she is a guest, I think that's the only thing he's trying to overlook. He's like, all right, I'm going to not act like you're a guest. And look at him, he's just correcting her, he's helping her, trying to show her how to dance. And she's, again, just young and, and curious. She's thoroughly trying to take in this experience. And I, I really wonder, not knowing her backstory too much, if this is Baby's first time in a dance club, her first time dancing with the boy, her first time, you know, having a man sweat on her, so there is a, uh, I hate to use this word, I don't want to say erotic, uh, I don't know, guys, it's a sexual experience, I don't know, that's all I gotta say, you know, and I wonder if that was like her first sexual experience, certainly wasn't for Patrick Swayze, as you can see, as soon as the dance is over, he's out of there, he's not, he's, you know, he's not like lusting over her young body or anything like that, he is just 
I don't know. I, I can only call it... He, he enlightened her. I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to get into that, that deep of a well. But here's what I will say that is really interesting about this, is that um, as far as like a meat cute would go, we can agree that wasn't, that was kind of like a, a very, whew, like you got to fan yourself off type of meat cute, right? But it certainly wasn't like sparks are flying. Uh, certainly not on his end. Maybe for her, uh, for baby. For baby, maybe she's like, oh my goodness, right? Like she's got to go uh, uh, change her underwear after that one. Um, but not for him. Ladies, you look very lovely. Something he is kind of paid to do, right? Is flirt. And then, by the way, you see. Uh, um, some planting some seeds here with her sister Lisa. Lisa is interested in um, Robbie the waiter. So they're going to go hang out after hours. So again, this is like kind of to be expected. This is kind of what the dad encourages. Check out the way that Penny talks to her. Yeah, well, my mother kicked me out when I was 16. I've been dancing ever since. It's the only thing I ever wanted to do anyway. I love... I love Penny's attitude. Check this out. So right here, you can really start to see the dynamic between the staff and the guests. Just the way that she talks to her, right? Like, they sell you this story, like, oh, yeah, she's a rock cat, blah, blah. And then you hear the real story, which is what I love, you know? These people, they don't want to hear the truth. These people don't want the real story behind these people's lives. Like, they're just, look at this. They're props to be danced with to be enjoyed right they're they're objectified that's the best way to explain it you know right now Patrick's face is being objectified so when when um a baby tells her like I envy you Penny is like are you kidding me I envy you right like that's what we call the women who stay check this out the husbands only come up on weekends Mo Pressman's a big card player. He'll join our game. There's a lot of subtext here. Mo coming up on Friday? Friday. Subtext is that the husband leaves her here during the weeks while he's off working, I guess, and he only comes here on the weekends. In other words, she's here to, you know, just enjoy herself, I guess, you know? It's like boarding school for your wife. Um... And the way, yeah, yeah, the, the way that the owner handles that is it's gross. <laughs> like, uh, 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 yeah, I, I, I really gotta dive into here. This this whole movie is more about class than anything. So you have like these different classes. You know, you have the the upper class people, these rich people, these guests, these owners, and then you have like the working class folks. And like. What this movie is more about than more than anything, and this is why I don't consider it a comedy, it's a drama. It is about Baby spending her whole life in one uh, class. Uh, oh my god, I fucking hate this guy. Last week I took a girl away from Jamie, the lifeguard. Hate this guy. And he said to her right in front of me, What does he have that I don't have? And she said, Two hotels. Robbie? <laughs> What the fuck, right? And like, check this out. Go back to mommy and daddy and keep listening. Here's Robbie. Maybe you'll hear one in your dreams. Oof. So that's a rough scene. So that's Robbie and his sister Lisa. 
and she's asking her 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 clothes are um I don't know what the term is. Like her her shirt was like asunder. I don't know. Uh she was like limping a little bit. And then she's asking for an apology. So what do we think happened, right? This movie you know, one of the great things about this, it's a very classy way of handling it. They don't, like, lay it thick, but you kind of, you know, we're adults here. We had to kind of discuss what happened. He was assaulting her. Meanwhile, you have uh, Penny. Look at her. She's frightened. She's scared. She's, she's traumatized by something, you know? Yeah, and meanwhile, this guy, like, he's just so, like, lackadaisical about it, bragging about him having two hotels. I fucking hate that guy. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, like, you see how they, the upper class works. How does upper class work? They assault women, and they brag about their property, or, the, you know, their, their wealth and status. Disgusting. Meanwhile, what does Patrick Swayze do? He just fucking dances, baby. He's, he is the gift. He is the prize. Anyways, uh, now uh, Baby is getting herself involved. And here's Patrick Swayze again. Like, try as he might. All he really wants to do is, like, get uh, Baby out of here because he knows this, that she's not of this world. But uh, Baby really wants to be immersed in this world. What's he going to do about it? Oh, Any of these assumptions that they make, right? A lot of prejudices happening. That because she's pregnant, it's got to be Patrick Swayze's, right? So, I don't know why or how, like, because on top on, on top of class, I think this film is missing maybe a race aspect that that could have helped. Maybe in today, I, I don't know. It would it would have worked in that that those lens as well. Um, and I, I only say that because uh, I, I don't know why anybody would inherently find um, Patrick Swayze to be a, you know, man of poor character. He's dressed in a tuxedo. He's been nothing but a gentleman to everybody. I guess if we're going off of, like, uh, uh, appearances, he doesn't have the outward appearance of someone who is... Poor. I don't know, guys. I don't. I don't know what I'm diving into here. But, anyways, uh, this film is about ba baby overcoming some of these prejudices, right? Because now she is empathizing and connecting with them. She may have felt one certain way about workers and work staff, but now that she's in here, right? She understands what Penny's life is really like. She understands what's um, uh, uh, Johnny's life is really like. Listen to this. You don't know shit about my problem. I told her. So. Jesus, Billy, now she's gonna run and tell her little management boyfriend, and we all get fired. Why not Skywriter? Penny got knocked up by Robbie the creep. Robbie? Look, we have no baby, baby. See how protective they are? So, like. I don't know. I guess I need to dive about. It. I need to dive into it like right now, guys. Uh, approaching this film, I was really concerned about the whole age difference. Um, I don't even want to talk about the time period. I don't really want to talk about the actor's age, but let's just talk about the the story here that we're we're being delivered. Johnny is 25 years old, and. 
Baby, we don't know. 17, 18, I don't don't know if it's ever explicitly said. At least I didn't catch it my first viewing. But she's she's going out to college or going out to T-score. So she just graduated high school. Graduating high school puts you at 17 or 18. So legality aside, it is still creepy for a 25-year-old and an 18-year-old to get together. Like... I don't like what difference does it make if she's 18 in a week or if she's 17 and you know ten, six months I, I don't care about the arbitrary number but the thing that to me uh, that is more important is intelligence maturity and then like class you know or that class but like power the power dynamic so she's obviously very educated she obviously uh, ha- has a lot of what's it called maturity and like agency right this whole thing's about her diving into this world no one's inviting her no one's grooming her no one's pulling her in and most importantly um patrick swayze is like afraid of her he's afraid of what she could do with her power she can get him fired she can get penny fired right so if you compare a I don't know, uh, a working class 25-year-old to a silver spoon 18-year-old or a silver sp- uh, 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 spoon 17-year-old, I don't see much problem there. And again, that's not even considering the time or the legality of it. I don't want to dive into that. Um, and to me, that's like the bigger message here. And here you can see her problem-solving technique, her solution to this is to go to Joey Orbach. And by the way, Joey Orbach, I haven't talked about him enough. Joey Orbach is great, and he's doing a great job explaining this. And you can see the dynamic between them, right? Because Baby is such a daddy's girl and they have this relationship, uh, dad's going to give homegirl 250 bucks, which I don't know how inflation works, but it's a lot of money. Let's just, let's just say that's like 1000 bucks, you know? Like, whoa, 1000 bucks. That's that's a lot of money to be asking for, but you know, if your baby girl wants it, that's it's like nothing to them. It's like nothing to them. Uh, so here again, here she is, wandering into this world. She's not invited in. She's not pulled in. She's not, you know, here against anything but her own free will. And in fact, if she were to be caught. It's these people that will get in trouble, not her, right? So there's... She knows the risk, I guess is what she's trying to say. I don't know. But here you can see... This is always kind of weird to me, though. I don't know why these two always dance with each other, you know? There's like a whole club full of people that could be dancing with. Why are they dancing with each other this whole time? You mean Robbie? No, you were right about him. And what'd you get him? By the way, Robbie, let's not forget, upper class. Robbie, Yale Medical School, right? Yeah, it takes a real sink to ask daddy. And then you can see how they even feel about this. Thanks, baby, but I can't use it. They can't even use their charity because of what it would mean, right? The risks uh, uh, involved. But listen to this. They can't even do this. By the way, I haven't even said the word yet. They don't talk about it either. It's a smorsion, you know? She's going to get a smorsion. Um, 
Maria has to work all day. She can't learn the routines. And Jenna has to fill in for Penny. Everybody works here. Everybody here is like working class, so she can't even take time off. She can't even risk uh, to get this procedure done. Which is just like, uh, guys, it's so many things. This movie is so many things. And I feel so strong about it. 1963. Reproductive rights. Roe v. Wade. You know, like, it's all these different things. So here's here's baby now. Okay, so here's what's really important. Baby wants to help. Baby is trying to join the Peace Corps. Baby's altruistic, right? Which is great. She's a very she's a bleeding heart liberal. Great. What she's learning is that you can't solve everything with daddy's money. Money doesn't solve everything, right? So here she is. In short, she's working. In, in short, she's doing a favor. And this is what a real favor looks like, you know? I love, uh, I love this in, 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 like, sitcoms and in a lot of movies. When it comes to, like, telling uh, good storytelling, good storytelling, a favor, this is what a favor is, right? Favor isn't a ride. A favor isn't letting someone borrow an article of clothing. That's not a favor. A favor is, will you learn how to dance and then perform in my stead? And that's what she's doing. So here she is genuinely helping for once. And uh, I love this great montage sequence. Uh, by the way, I, I don't know if this is uh, still the first act or not, but this great dancing sequence, something I learned about, like, uh, guys, I love this movie. And then after I watched the movie, I started like watching it, uh, uh, like interviews and stuff. So apparently a lot of these scenes are very genuine. Her frustration, Right when she kind of got upset, the fence. This is all real. So like, all of this is is genuine. Just Jennifer Grey, like rehearsing. They just filmed it, which is great. And then there's also moments where um, I will say this is kind of male gazy. Uh, it must be said. But here you can see Patrick Swayze, experienced dancer. Their arguing is also authentic. The steps aren't enough. Stepping on his toes and stuff like that. Like I don't know. Like it seems like it might have been fake, but no. Like it's real. She got look at those pristine white shoes and his like. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of great direction here. Is what I'm trying to say in terms of like, the shots showing their feet and then even like her 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 white cloth shoes compared to his leather black ones. There's a lot to be said here. Yeah, this is super male gazy. But look at it. Now she's got it. Right here's her showing change with that montage. I love a good montage. And then boom. So very naturally, their, their, their connection, right? Because this is in service of Penny. So he's doing this as a, as a favor to Penny. She's doing this as a favor to Penny. And uh, they end up bonding, right? So again, he didn't seek her out. She didn't seek him out. It's like, you know, like when you fall in love with a coworker, it's just like, hey, we're folding clothes together. You're folding clothes, I'm folding clothes. Oh, fuck, we're in love. Um... I love this soundtrack, by the way. You know how much I love 80s music. This soundtrack is fire. Look, spaghetti This is my dance space. This is your dance space. I don't go into yours. You don't go into mine. You've got to hold the frame. Here's what's real. They're both playing people about 10 years older than they really are. So Jennifer Grey, 27, playing 17 or 18. Swayze, 35, playing 25. So the age difference is the same 
but <laughs> I don't know how I don't, I don't know how to say it without sounding rude, but I'll say it like holy shit is Patrick Swayze a man, right? She could she could pull off an uh, 18-year-old. He cannot pull off 25. There I dare you to find me a 25-year-old that looks anything close to Patrick Swayze, you know? Not even just like in terms of his like chiseled looks, but like his confidence and his bravado. Like you know what I mean? Like he 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 has the gosh, he's so he's so like rough with her. He's got the confidence and bravado of a man who's been dancing for 30 years. Do you get what I'm saying? Like a 25-year-old couldn't fake this. This is all real. Here's a guy who's been moving his whole life. And I will say this, I think I mentioned this before, like how much I would love to dance and now that um, now that we're, you know, slowly reopening, I cannot wait to take some dance classes. I cannot wait to be a fraction of, of Patrick Swayze. And he's just so passionate. Look at me, he's just covered in sweat and I don't even know if there's any music. The homeboy's just patting on his on his thighs. Like that's what is, is attractive about him is his passion more than anything. He can care less about baby. All he cares about is dancing, baby. <laughs> is dancing, no baby, just dancing. Uh, I don't know why he needs to be shirtless for this. I'm not, I don't mind it. But again, we're getting, you know, the gaze, we're no longer getting that male gaze. There's also some female gaze here to appreciate. Yeah, you know what? Why did I say that? Well, of course he's shirtless. Well, I didn't question earlier when babies in her underwear. I kind of questioned it. But yeah, guys. Oof. The audience has hungry eyes for these two. And I love this. This is so cute. This is so real. He's tickling her. Guys, as a ticklish person, I get it. Right? But how can you not fall in love? Right? Like, and he's, look at him. He's not enjoying it. He's not like, let's fucking go for this, babe. You look how frustrated he is. He's just like, just ticklish chick. I just want to get one good shot. You know, one perfect take. And there it is, baby. There's the take. This is going to be a problem. <laughs> how often I say baby. <laughs> and how her name is Baby. But boom, outlining and accentuating her beauty. That's what uh, a perfect gentleman does. Turn, turn, Jeez, down, this guy. I don't know why he's yelling at her. I don't get this. Yes, as a matter of fact, it is. We're supposed to do the show in two days. I don't know why he like, oh, are you trying to kill me? Like, that's his dance move. Okay, so really quick. This movie is so perfect to me. Uh, like, I, I, I've only seen it one time, guys, so whatever. This movie is so perfect to me. There's only like five flaws last night when I was watching, and that's, that's you know, I would say pretty small compared to how much you hear me complain or, or, or critique films. I've only found like five, five things I have problems with. This is the first one. Uh, first thing I thought was like, what, why are they doing this? Why is he breaking his own window? Like, this was so unnecessary. What does this contribute the fact that he had to break his own windshield? Because to me, I'm, I'll, I'll keep it 100% with you guys, I just think Patrick says he's an idiot for locking his keys in his car, you know? That's a big no-no. You don't lock your keys in your car. So why, <laughs> why show it? 
Um, that's the first thing. Well, there's a couple more, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good, man. What? We're 41 minutes in, and that's the first, first like little note I had. Uh, but I love this like Miyagi <laughs> training sequence. He's like, you want to learn the lift? I'm gonna teach you balance on this log. I love it, you know? This would be so many different things. And here we have this nice training montage. By the way, it's not raining anymore. I didn't realize that. This might be a, a sixth complaint. How was it pouring ass rain and then like hot and dry all of a sudden? Now, Anyways, see, like, so, I don't get the point of that. Unnecessary rom-com beat. Definitely is a rom-com beat. Unnecessary in this film and with this tone. But here, man, Swayze, right? Look at him. Man, this guy is such a, so limber. He's so good with his body. A total slackliner. And here's them bonding now. This guy came into this luncheonette one day, and, you know, we were all sitting around doing nothing. I love the way he talks. And he said, his, his working class accent. He's given a test for instructors. So, if you pass, they teach you all these different kinds of dances, show you how to break them down, how to teach them, you know? If you've never practiced balance before, uh, I used to, I did do this for physical therapy. I don't do it anymore. But like so much of it is stabilizing muscles. So like strengthening everything from his ankles to his knees to his thighs, right? And it's to his core. This dude's body must have been so tight. And uh, for someone like uh, uh, Baby... I don't know about Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey probably was very in shape uh, and very fit. But for, like, someone who's never done this before, she is working out muscles she's never had before. She's got to develop them. So I, I, I find this a little bit unrealistic that uh, she could get this down right away. You know? But look at them. Bonding and to know each other. Again, 40, 43 minutes in before the get to know each other and start asking each other like about each other's backstories, you know? So, uh, slow burn romance. Oh, oh, I gotta talk about this lift. Have I talked about this lift? Maybe I haven't talked about this lift. I think I have. I might have mentioned it in another rom-com. So I've never seen this movie, but obviously there are some things that I know about, right? There's some things that just transcend pop culture. And one of them is this lift. Uh, and look at this. See, like, he didn't want to bring her here. He didn't want to practice the lift in the water. He only did it because it didn't work out in the field. But I want to do this so bad. And I, 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 like, exactly like what I just said. Like, you need to develop muscles over years to get to be able to do that. I, that's what I want to do. And there was, before the pandemic, I was, you know, going to the gym regularly. And I, I, sh I, I fucking kid you not. All I would do at the gym was shoulder lifts, shoulder presses, bench lifts, strengthening those muscles right there. All I want to do is get strong to like, what's Jennifer Grey? Let me see how tall she is. Uh, let me see. She's tiny. 5'3". So she's 5'3", right, with a dancer's body. Um, 
I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call it maybe 110, right? She's maybe 110, 115. Maybe she's very muscular. So 115 pounds. I just need to be able to carry 115, 115 pounds over my head like that. And now that I said it out loud, look at all those wallets. Anyways, um, uh, now that I say that out loud, uh, it's doable. It's realistic. I could do it, but also, gosh, where am I going to find a 115-pound woman to be my dance partner? Um, uh, there was one time this one uh, woman I was seeing, I, I told her, I was like, hey, I really want to do the... The dirty dancing lift, and uh, you know Patrick Swayze's right. There's a lot to it, and it's it's on two parties. So I want to obviously I wasn't I wasn't ready. I could not do it, but I will also say I don't think it's something that you could just spring on someone. You can't just be like, hey, can I pick you up? No, they need to be ready for it too. There's a issue of balance and stuff like that as well to strain around. And look at that. I thought it was something special. I really appreciate how we dive more into Penny's point of view and Penny's perspective on all this, right? It's very easy for a story like this to just have her be a, 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 an accessory, like a, a, a throwaway character, like a plot point pretty much, right? But I appreciate this film does it. It kind of keeps Penny in the forefront so that she is more of a secondary supporting character more so than just like you know uh, 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 like a, pl a plot point like it's just a way to get to the next part of the story um, but yeah like uh, uh, I feel like I'm all over the place but guys this is how I am like this is a really good movie it's my second time watching it just tell mommy and daddy I've got a terrible headache and I'm in bed and check on me once okay so you see the baby's growing up. Now baby's having her sister check up on, on her and, and, and uh, cover for her while she does this dance. So boom. There's that move and she's not giggling anymore. But she is nervous. This is probably her first time uh, uh, dancing in front of an audience. right? All the dancing they've been doing is uh, behind closed doors. I love this song. I don't know what it means. The total un poco. It's like all of it, a little, a little bit of all, a lot of it, a little bit of all. Let me look it up. A little bit of everything. Maybe. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Okay. Gotcha. And just look at it, you know. In terms of performance, this is great. Because Patrick Swayze, obviously, on top of his game. But Jennifer Grey is doing a really great job of portraying someone who's dancing for the first time. So you can see the practice. You can see that she knows the steps. You can see that she's very well rehearsed. You can tell that she is um, uh, just killing it, you know. But, like, in her face, she's like, I'm nervous. Which she obviously isn't. She probably, this is probably like, hours of them shooting this one sh this one uh, sequence right but she's not like this is my you know final number she's like this is the midway point so here midway point I'm gonna be playing half nervous 
but she she kills it. I love this too. She's nervous, doesn't want to do it. <laughs> I love that little uh, dance that she does to to skip the, the 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 lift, the jump. Go for the lift, baby. I want to see that lift. I love the lift. All right, we're gonna take our break after this song or this dance number ends. Okay, so get ready for it because it's coming to an end. All right, get ready to pause at at the end of this shot. Right? Or the scene or whatever it's called. Oh, the old lady's there. Remember the old lady from earlier? Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, now that she's trying to get off stage. I never noticed that detail. All right, hurry up so I can pause this. At the end of the scene, get ready. All right, right there. We're going to pause right there. All right, sorry for that clumsy uh, pause break, but we're about right at the halfway point, which is perfect because that was their first dance scene. And uh, spoiler alert, there's going to be an endings dance scene, but uh, I think that's a great place to pause it. Boy, I've been all over the place, and I need to catch up on some things. So let's take a break. I'm going to do the summary, and then we are going to um, resume, and we're going to talk about... Um, second half. All right, see you in a bit. All right, welcome back. Hope you all had a great break. Let's go ahead and break down the first half of Dirty Dancing. So, um, uh, Baby is our protagonist. She's a young woman by uh, the age of 17 or 18. Uh, she is with her family vacationing in the uh, Kellerman Resorts or, or hotel or whatever. It's a family camp in the Catskills of New York. Again, something I don't know anything about. So I'll, um, she's out here and she's just uh, with the family vacation, just having a good time, taking dance lessons, playing wig games. I don't know, talent shows. But... Um, uh, she's not really interested in that. She's kind of becoming a woman. And as uh, someone becoming a woman, she's starting to venture off on her own and explore. And something that she's trying to explore right now is uh, what's going on behind the scenes of this camp. Because she's seen the facade. She seems to have grown up with this facade. She wants to know the real inner workings. And um, one day she explores and she goes into the back uh, and she finds out that the staff that works at this resort, they have their own secret party and their own secret dirty dancing um, room. And she's just kind of like enamored by it. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I don't know if this is the case, but it really does feel like she's having a sexual awakening. Just by witnessing, you know, uh, it's it's tough to explain it with today's standards just because she basically witnessed like a high school dance or like a club, you know, so it's not exactly like too shocking for us. Although maybe the first time you went to your first high school dance or the first time you went to the club, uh, you may have been equally uh, awakened and, 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 and shocked by what you saw. But I, I would say that... Um, you know, yeah, let's just, uh, there's no need to, there's no need to draw out that metaphor. Um, she sees this and she is like, oh my goodness, I am feeling things in parts of my body that I've never felt before. And one thing that really draws her attention, something that's really caught her eye is Johnny played by, um, 
Patrick Swayze. And and Johnny is the dance instructor. And earlier, you know, at the facade, she did see that Johnny and Penny are like these ballroom dancers. They're just like dressed like perfect ladies and gentlemen. And they're just like, la, 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 da, 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 da. But then now she sees them and she sees that Penny and Johnny are like, oh, yeah, baby, grind with me. Um and, uh, you know, she starts to party and, and, and Johnny's not having any of this because Johnny uh, really respects the rules because Johnny, um, although he may have a rough exterior, he doesn't really even have a rough exterior, but I think this film posits that he has a rough exterior. Uh, deep down inside, he is trying to better his life. He's working class and he's trying to uh, ascend uh, uh, by, you know, through dance, really. Uh, but it's also something that he really loves. Um, so he wants her out of here. Uh, she wants to stay. He It's it's really, really thin ice. Uh, but, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, like he would at the resort. He would just dance with her. So normally he would take her out and just do like a little foxtrot, do a little swing dancing. But because this is the Dirty Dancing Bar, he gives her a quick little lesson on dirty dancing. In other words, he teaches her how to thrust her hips. They don't thrust their hips into each other, like they don't rub them into each other, but they de definitely thrust, they're thrusting their hips in the same direction towards each other's hips. But um, I don't know. Uh, 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 sexuality is a weird spectrum, and I don't know. I, don't, I, I personally didn't find that scene to be uh, a, a sexual advance, but it may have been. Anyways, she is now in love with this world, in love with these people, and she's like, "Wow, you know, uh, these these people are, are are are. This is where the real party's at. You know, I'm tired of uh, the tap dancing and the ballrooms and the fine fancy dinners. I want me some watermelon and some wet ass pussy." <laughs> uh, anyways, um, afterwards, uh, um, she finds out that. Um, Penny is sobbing. She sees her later on, and he's not. She's not so sure. Someone tells her that it's because um, he's been. She's been uh, impregnated by uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Robbie. And Robbie is this waiter uh, who comes from a good family. I'm assuming, but that doesn't excuse anything. But uh, Robbie is also the uh, waiter that his sis that her sister Lisa has been enamored by, so she's really conflicted. She doesn't really get involved, which is weird. I think she should get more involved, but there's like this fine line act where it's like a house of cards, and if she spills the secrets, she could endanger a lot of people's jobs in the process. So, um, she decides to help out Penny. Uh, Johnny is very hesitant to even accept help from baby everybody is everybody's kind of like tiptoeing around eggshells with baby uh, and rightfully so you know she she is a guest she comes from a good family and she has the ear of the owner's son so there's a lot there uh, guys i'm like i'm 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 taking my time with the summary aren't i all right let me get through the summary uh anyways uh, uh they're gonna get their abortion but unfortunately, the abortion is not um, uh, a professional one. It's like a backroom abortion. So they had to do it um, in the middle of the night. 
and she has a performance. Baby volunteers to help fill in her spot, and uh, they uh, work together. Johnny and, and Baby work together to get her proficient enough to be a replacement and substitute Penny for a dance. Oh, boy, what a long summary. It is a very good movie, and it is, like, really dense in that a lot of things happen. It's not easily summarizable, which I, I think is a mark of a good film. A lot of things happen. A lot of things change. You know, we're at the halfway mark, and I want to say we went through at least three acts already. Um, but in any case, that's where we're at. Um, I also wanted to take a moment to, you know, talk some things out here that um, I haven't had a chance to dive in, and I'm afraid I may not have enough time to do it throughout the course of the film, so I want to say it now. You know, I had a lot of preconceived notions about what this film was going to be before I saw it, but having seen it now, I can see that a lot of those ideas were wrong. Uh, a lot of it was just, you know, things told to me via pop culture. A lot of things are just the, the heading line of this is not what you think it is. On paper... This movie does not sound very appealing, you know? If I told you it's a story about a uh, 17, 18-year-old girl going to camp, falling in love with a dance instructor, helping a, another dance instructor get a abortion, and then helping fend off her, this, 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 you know, sexual assault person uh, from her sister. This does not seem like a fun dance rom romance, right? This seems like a harrowing tale. This is like a coming-of-age story. It's a lot of different things. But uh, one thing I must admit is that they pull off a lot of these things very well. And I think most of that, the credit has to go to the director and the writer, of course, uh, balancing all these things and sprinkling these heavier themes underneath what is a a a, a light fare, and then secondly, uh, uh, Jennifer Grey's performance. Uh, I don't think enough can be said about her and what she's having to balance. You know, Swayze. You know, too to some extent, but Jennifer Grey is really the protagonist and really the eyes which we are introduced into this world. So her reaction, she's not saying or doing much, but she's, she's, she's uh, serving a lot of face, if you will. And she's doing a really great job of maintaining a certain consistency throughout this. Maybe, again, the editor or director may have helped with that. But we're never thrown, like, we can look to baby and know how to feel about this. You know, the, the, the lightness, the severity, the, 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 the emotion, all that stuff is all being worn on Jennifer Gray's face. So um, I am astounded because all I had ever seen Jennifer Gray do before had been uh, Ferris Bueller's older sister. And she's kind of just like a whatever's actress in that one. She's just the grumpy older sister uh but no woman has levels woman has layers uh and of course patrick swayze as well it is a tough thing and i, I must admit even for myself coming in very on edge very defensive very alert of the fact that this is a 25 year old man romancing a uh minor 
uh, and again, I even mentioned this before, like legality aside, it does not sit well with me. But uh, Patrick Swayze has 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 conveyed Johnny with a level of sensitivity and empathy uh, to the point where we do not feel there's no ill will uh and and even now at the halfway point there hasn't been a single finger or even a look that felt inappropriate if that makes any sense you know he he is not lusting over her he is not objectifying her or or oogling her uh, for him it's it's very much i am doing this as a favor to penny but then in the meantime, you know, you do form a bond with uh, a baby. But all that aside, I'm just very impressed by a film like this. Not impressed because uh, uh, it has, you know, ha- has no reason being this good. I'm impressed that more movies aren't like this. All right, anyways, I've eaten up enough time. We really got to resume this film to make our time... Uh, uh, t- timeline. So let's go ahead and resume this. Uh, I have this at 49 minutes and 44 seconds. 49.44. Let's go ahead and sync up so that we can resume this together. Uh, counting down from 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, resume. So you can see even now, here is Patrick Swayze driving her back. And she's getting changed in the back seat. You did good. You and he is not watching her change. Oh, me too, me too. He is not like, you know, hitting on her. You know, but by the second turn you really had it. I love it. He's so passionate about dance. He's just complimenting her, reassuring her, and oh, he's kinda of taking a look at her boobs. Okay, for sure. Um I guess I didn't catch that the first viewing. But check out this car. Something I do miss about old, like, 50s and 60s cars. You can't do that in any car today. Climb from the back seat to the front seat like that. It's like a bench seat. So roomy. Uh, but in any case, you know, they're, they're kind of getting off of that high, right? The performance high. And there's this, the cute looking at each other. So here's where it is, right? Like, we, we spent 50 minutes building up to that point. So the first flirtatious looks. So you really earn that. I mentioned it's a slow burn, but it's also just, you know, in a way that it's believable and it's not crass. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I guess that's all we need to say about that. I don't really want to make too big of a deal of the fact that they have an age difference. Again, I mentioned earlier, it's much more of a class difference in the power dynamic that they have. Here we start to see them become equals because she has, for lack of better words, she's kind of dipped down to his level, right? So now they are kind of more equal. He can trust her now. She's not going to get him fired. And here you can see... The guy had a dirty knife and a folding table. This is a really dark theme, a really dark element. Because again, they haven't explicitly told us what happened, but again, you know, they don't they don't treat their audience like idiots. We all know what's going on. She had a a botched backroom abortion, right? 
folding table and a dirty knife. It's it's shocking. And again, baby's uh, solution for this, right? She's she, she, she's employing her her resources. Her resources being her money and her father's medical um, skills. So she's enlisting the help of her father to help take care of Penny, which in this case is the the right thing to do. But at the same time, you'll see it, it doesn't sit well with these folks, right? To accept help from someone and also the fear and the, the power dynamic. But this is a, a harsh reality here that we have, which is, you know, not to get too high on my soapbox, but this is what options people had back then. And here's the father making a snap judgment, right? Based off of this question. He sees a girl, sees her in pain, sees that this is, you know, again, a botched abortion. Who's responsible? What, uh, uh, what does this mean? Now, Johnny means he's responsible for her in that he has assumed a parental or a guardian role over Penny. But for... Um, uh, uh, the dad, as you can see here, right? He's very judgmental. He doesn't like Johnny. And it's not like the way that he treats Robbie, encouraging his daughter to flirt with Robbie and hang out with Robbie. And he's a bad dude compared to Patrick Sweezy, who's a stand-up guy, but it's a class thing. And again, I, I, I think... Oh, he's also... <laughs> he's also shitting on her makeup. Her makeup looks great. Whatever. Um... The other element, the other, the other um, layer to this is uh, uh, he is maybe more old-fashioned and being a doctor, I think, I don't, I don't even know if doctors performed abortions back in the day. I'm so sorry. I'm so ignorant of that fact, right? But there might be a part of him that's like, frowning upon that in general. I mean, obviously, he's a doctor, Hippocratic Oath. He's going to take care of her. But he is judging Penny hard. He is judging um, Patrick hard. Patrick. Uh, Johnny hard. He is pa judging that entire, like, staff, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot here. There's a lot to, to juggle with. It's a complex story. Unlike one that we usually get, right? Um, anyways, your father was great. He was great. Who? When you took care of Penny. Yes, but I mean the way he was with you. And look at this. Really, me? It has to do with. Johnny's not stupid. Johnny knows exactly Johnny, what it is. Because my father. No, the, the way he he's so thankful to her, right? I mean, I, I could never do anything like that. You know. That, That's what I mean by the power dynamic. He, see what he says? You, you're everything. You don't understand the way it is. He accepts his like uh, station in life. To keep alive. This month, women are stuffing diamonds in my pockets. I'm balancing on shit as quick as that. I could be down there again. No, it, it's not the way it is. It doesn't have to be that way. And she's naive when she says that, of course. I've never known anybody like you. you of course it has to be like that. You can make it better. Somebody's lost, you find them. Somebody's bleeding. Yeah, you... I go get my daddy. That's really brave. Said. That took a lot of guts to go to him. 
You are not scared of anything. I don't know. I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of what I saw. I'm scared of what I did, of who I am. So here's some trauma bonding going on here, because I was going to say. I'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling the rest of my whole life the way I feel when I'm with you. And she's, she's the one laying the moves on him, you know? She's the one laying the moves on him. But, you know, there's a, there's a subplot here coming up. Johnny is afraid to love someone like allow himself to have feelings for someone like her to connect with someone like her you know i think they may talk about it after this scene but again in terms of like just the the the, the power dynamic here right age aside she's got all the power she's got all the agency she is taking the lead he leads the dance she dance she leads the romance you know what i mean look how uneasy it is really well uh, uh, developed this uh, romance here. But yeah, uh, yeah, they're gonna fuck. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the way to say it. Um, I always feel awkward talking during sex scenes, but uh, I do want to take this opportunity to, to just mention the subplot I mentioned earlier. We talked about it before with that lady I think they called her a, a bunny or whatever. That lady that like stays here all week. You know, although he has a title and a, a job responsibility of being a dance instructor, you know, let's call it what it is. Patrick Swayze is uh, a piece of meat for a lot of these guests, really. And he alludes to that and he talks, speaks to that. And his attitude and the way that he uh, handles uh, uh, this 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 job. He said earlier that there are women stuffing diamonds in his pockets. He's not stupid. He knows what that means, right? So he's being like lusted and objectified uh, by women of baby's class and of baby's station. So, of course, he is apprehensive, you know? But here he is, allowing himself a moment with her only because they have been sharing many moments, uh, practicing dancing and everything like that, right? So there's a mutual level of, of risk and danger and trust and... Right? For both of them. Him being a, a, a older person and her being a, a, a upper class person. Very tasteful sex scene. And I think I mentioned this before. With dance movies, they don't need to spend too much time on the sex scene. Fuck a sex scene. They don't need it. Because they have all that dancing. The dancing already takes care of it. All they need to show is dancing. They did the same thing with Ghost and the the the, the um, pottery scene. Like, oh, we don't need to have sex. We already got pots. And then we'll just have some hot uh, above-the-pants making-out action. And you get it. We're not dumb. The filmic language is there. And how we see baby is a woman now. 
and look at this this tension of this table. We all know what happened. Dad knows what happens. Daughter knows what happens. I don't know why the fuck they're eating grapefruits. That seems like a horrible so breakfast. I hate bright grapefruits. We're leaving tomorrow. Miss the weekend traffic. But Jake, we're paid up till Sunday. Daddy, I miss the show. <laughs> I love the sister. Check this out. The big event. People bring their own arrangements. You don't want to miss it. Oh, baby, I need you for props. This sister, the way that she her, listened, to, like her performance is. There's no way she's not like a comedic actress, and why she, I, I'm astounded that she hasn't done more uh, comedic roles. So, Lisa, what were you planning to sing? Right here. I feel pretty. Or what do the simple folk do? The dad. <laughs> he asked the question and he got up. I love it. He, and then she's just like chasing him down. That's, I don't know. Something about that is so funny to me. Like even he's up, he's had it up to here with her shit. And he's like, he made the mistake of asking her, what are you going to sing, sweetie? Oh, fuck. I got it. I got it. I'm going to get some more coffee. <laughs> she just chases after him. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but that is uh, uh, one of the most unexpected and funniest performances in this film is, is Lisa. Look at this. Look at the way he's looking at her. Regret. I'm okay. Yeah. Dr. Hausman says I'm going to be fine. I still have children. I love that detail. Not that we need that detail, but that solidifies what this was. We don't know what this is, right? Is it appendicitis? Did, did, did Robbie stab her? Did Robbie punch her? What was it? And then with that line, you're like, oh, like, if case there were any doubts, you know, in case you thought it was a, a, a appendicitis, or like, no, it's that, you know? I guess I... There's some smorsion. I love, um, again, Penny, great, great perspective character. She knows exactly what the fuck's going on. And I love this little um, exchange they have right now coming up. So he says you're going to be fine, Johnny, right? Johnny, what are you doing? Don't worry about Max. I'll tell him your grandmother died or something. How many times do you tell me never get mixed up with him? Right? He has his rules. I know what I'm doing. He has a code. You listen to me. You've got to stop it now. I don't know why he's so cold to her. Look, um, I gotta run. I gotta listen with the Kramers in three minutes and they'll kill each other and find my dad. Well, I'll show you. Gotta go. I don't know why there's so much tension. Johnny! Maybe because he broke his rules to have sex with her. I love this moment coming up. Oh, no, it's not this moment. Next moment. It's rainy day game time. Pin a tail on the guest. Win 10 boxes of Kleenex or a billy goat. What is with this, this place? Why does it rain so much? It's the summer. Remind me not to take my honeymoon at Niagara Falls. How could it rain this much in the middle of summer? Where is my beige iridescent lipstick? I know I put it in this drawer. Baby, where are you going in this weather? Uh, they're having charades in the West Lobby. What a good liar. We're a little joiner, aren't we? 
Oh, that was a quick cut. We know what happened there. See, why was there, why was there tension if they're just going to cut to them having sex again? There might have been a deleted scene. Maybe there was a deleted scene there. I don't know. There was like an undeveloped oh, conflict no. there. But, oh, yeah, yeah, here's where Patrick Swayze, first of all, shows some, some butt. But here's where he talks about um, being objectified. You come from the streets, and suddenly you're up here, and these women are throwing themselves at you, and they smell so good, and they really take care of themselves. I mean, I never knew women could be like that, you know? Love that New York accent he has. And they're slipping the room keys in my hands two and three times a day, different women. So here I think I'm scoring big, right? And for a while you think, hey, they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't care about me, right? That's, that's all right. I understand. You were just using them. That's all. No, no, that's not. I don't know how she got that interpretation. See, it, it wasn't like that. They were using me. Yeah, he's being used. He's being objectified. He's being. He's being. You know, all those things. I really like the way that they kind of like reclaim that for men. I, I think that uh, oftentimes in media, they don't they don't convey that idea enough that men want to be kissed as well. Whoa, Francis. this is a little late <laughs> late in the game to be asking that. <laughs> I forgot about that. A mi an hour in, an hour and five minutes in, and they're like, "What's your name?" Wow. Okay, that doesn't look good. <laughs> Throw that one early on, maybe. Uh, but in any case, um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, I, I like that for him. It's much more about the attachment and the feelings and caring for someone more than the physical act of sex. And look at this. Uh... Baby's kind of schooling her older sister, which is a little bit weird. You don't care about me. And then Baby's not telling her the truth. And you can kind of see their dynamic here. She is the older sister. She's kind of living in her younger sister's shadow. You know? And there's a there's a bit of like a self righteousness in baby, and Lisa is not. You know what's funny? She's like really what's it called? She's very aware of that now. She addresses it. She calls it out. So here's that famous scene, the famous dance scene. That you, they, that I, I know uh, from uh, uh, a lot of uh, pop culture references, but what I like about this is that it's like a, a evolution or like a skip into the next part of the relationship. Now she is the one, you know, calling the shots and, and kind of guiding him. 
And they're kind of, I don't know, this is my interpretation of it. I interpret it as they're no longer doing the social dance. They're no longer doing like the, the rules and the etiquettes. This is more freestyling. It's more passionate. And they're kind of without rules now. You know, they're freestyling it. And they get sloppy and they get in trouble. That's my interpretation of it. I hate this guy. Johnny, my grandfather put me in charge of the final show. I want to talk to you about the last dance. I'd like to uh, shake things up a bit. You know, move with the yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of ideas. The, I've been working with the staff kids on, on, on this, like, cross between this Cuban rhythm and, and this soul. Check out like, with this guy. Whoa, 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 boy. Uh, it's way over your head here. Now, I thought you always do the mambo. Why not dance? There's this talk like always, but is this not his first year? There are some things factually about this movie, and maybe this will be my second criticism uh, of this film. I really don't like how they're vague with this. This is a this is something that we really need more backstory on i really need to know about his history and what he's done before right he said that last month he was eating jujubes and now he's getting and he talks about like how these women have lusted over him how how long could it have been you know how how long does this la uh, camp last for you know even if it was three months which is the entirety of summer even if it was three months is that enough time for him to have like you know i don't know Fight the boss, man? Yeah, tell him your ideas. He's a person like everyone else. I'm sure Look, I know these great. people, baby. They are rich and they're mean. They won't listen to me. Rich well, and mean. Fight harder. Make them listen. Because I need this goddamn job lined up for next summer. <laughs> My dad calls me today. He says, it's good news. You know, he says Uncle Paul could finally get you in the union. Oh, what, what union? The house painters and plasterers local number 179 at your service. And look at this. And I've been thinking a lot about the dominoes here again. Now, when Vietnam falls, is China next? Do you see that, right? Like the dad, again, like it's like a matchmaking service. He's like, I'm going to get Robbie and Lisa together. So the father, again, has no problem with his daughter falling in love. The only thing that. It's because he's uh, he's got prejudices, he's cl classist ideals. I don't think that you ever had any attention to telling him. And here's again Johnny getting defensive, you know, starting to feel like a piece of meat to her. Which again, something you don't see a lot in film, and it's a real. Strong reminder that it's baby calling the shots, baby steering the boat. Here's the scene I was talking about. I love this. This confrontation with um, Robbie coming up. Even though Robbie's also a waiter, like, don't forget about the fact that Robbie is also. 
a medical student, a college student. He's, he's a rich kid. He's, of course, referring to getting Penny um, pregnant. See, so, by the way, I just want to say something, and just in terms of, again, maybe this is an additional, this is like a, a third criticism, fourth criticism here. Why did Robbie need to be a staff member? Why couldn't Robbie have just been another guest, a fellow guest? Maybe it's not factually accurate, but it would really paint their dynamic better. And maybe this is part of it. Maybe he can't, <laughs> he can't beat up a guest, but he could beat up another waiter or something, but... It would have been great if he was a guest and if Johnny made this ultimate sacrifice to defend Penny's honor, right? And to also defend um, uh, uh, Baby's honor, beating up a guest. Here's another <laughs> strong comedic performance. Fun, fun fact, while I was looking this up, she wrote this song, which to me just tells me that she probably improvised, she probably made it up. You know what I mean? As always. Uh, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, this was not planned in the script. They were just like, hey, can you sing something crazy? And she's like, give me 30 minutes. <laughs> and it kind of paints this whole Listen to this. We all know what that means. Late night dance lessons. This dude, you can't tell me he doesn't know what's going on. I'm sorry, right? He's trying to pay this dude to fuck his wife. I don't think it'd be fair to take the money. And he's just like, whatever. You're not a gigolo. You're not a gigolo. Whatever. He doesn't care. Obviously, he doesn't love his wife. I l listen to how high she gets. Great singer. Woo! And then the deepest bow I've ever seen. Unintentionally funny. He doesn't even know you. Oh, hey, Lisa. So look at that. She does nothing to help protect her daughter, uh, his, her sister's virtue. Not that she, you know, she needs to protect her sister's virtue, but Robbie is a piece of shit, and all you have to do is tell her. I guess he doesn't trust her enough to tell her. Doesn't trust her that she won't, you know. No, what the fuck? The dad already knows. The dad already knows what's up. So she should have told her. 
was a, a bad moment in sisterhood. Uh, anyways, you know how he refused to have sex with her? Uh, the, the, uh, how Johnny refused to have sex with a lady? Well, here she is now having sex with Robbie. A little bit out of nowhere, but it completes that arc. It completes the arc for Lisa. It completes the arc for that, uh, that wife. So, whatevs. Listen to this guy's dream. It breaks my heart. I met your father, and he said, "Come on," and he put his arm around me, just like he did with Robbie. Homeboy dreams of acceptance. You know, he's not dreaming about fancy cars. He's not dreaming about women or fame or sex. Dude's dreaming about acceptance. Look at her. Look at this jealous uh, wife, right? She wanted to bone Johnny. And when she finds out this other guest got to instead of her, ooh, she loses it. Even though she just slept with the waiter. <laughs> you know how you feel when you see a patient and well, you think he's all right. Then you look at the x-rays and there's nothing like you thought. What happened, Max? This exactly is what it's like when you find I don't know, guys. Like, I don't know how many acts are in this movie, but like, look at this. This thing about the wallet. It's coming in uh, an hour and 17 minutes in. We're introducing this, this complication. Vivian thinks she remembers this dance kid, Johnny Walker. Right? So, like, Johnny's getting framed or accused of stealing a wallet. He says he was alone in his room reading. <laughs> there are no books in Johnny's room. Huh? Look, there's been a mistake. I know. So he was like guilty. What's it called? Here before. Three other How's that saying go? I know he didn't do it. Stay out of it, baby. Whatever. He's guilty. Like, just because they wanted to be guilty. Presume guilty? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I know Johnny didn't take Mo's wallet. I know. Oh, how do you know? So again, I don't understand how close the how they could be so close the Kellermans and this family, but like this father has that much sway. This father has enough sway where if he says no, he's not the thief that they would have listened to him. Maybe it was, you know, it could have been that that little old couple the Schumachers. I saw her with a couple of walls. And check this out. Check out this reaction. Maybe you don't go around accusing innocent people. Yeah, but I saw them. Meanwhile. Didn't they just go around accusing innocent people, right? Come on, so it's all classism. Why is it okay to accuse uh, Johnny, but not to this old family, old couple? I know he didn't take it because he was in his room all night. And the reason I know is because I was with him. Oof. And there you go. Here's where it comes out. And you know what's interesting, too? To save him from losing his job, uh, she helps him, you know, he, he's going to lose his job for sleeping with the guest. So, damned if you do, damned if you don't, type of thing. 
this is a really lovely scene. I forgot to mention this, guys. The cinematography is really good. But here is, and they don't depict this, they do depict this a lot in rom-coms. They don't depict this like this in a lot of rom-coms, this, this father-daughter relationship. I'm in this family too, and you can't keep giving me the silent treatment. And again, the fact that she's showing this level of emotional maturity, right? Just, it tells you how advanced she is in. He's kind of just sitting here, take it. So he's, a, he's also like a very enlightened, actualized father. I'm so sorry, Because he could easily yell at her. He could easily right, fight, fight back. But here he is kind of just taking it and just absorbing it. Times are changing, his daughter's growing, but he needs to come to terms with that. You know? And yeah, he had no lines. He just had to sit there and take it. Great, great. He's serving good face. All right, here's the... I don't know what number I'm on. This is the fourth complaint I have about this movie. I have been looking for you all over... The way that Johnny dresses. Oh wait, hold on a second. Fingerprinted the water glasses. Found out they were wanted in Arizona, and Florida, and they made a fortune here this summer. So there we go. Baby solved the the case. She was, you know, she she caught the thieves, if you can imagine that. But he's still fired. They fired you anyway because of me. And if I leave quietly. I'll give my son a bonus. You see how much money becomes a motivator. And when I say motivator, I mean like that, but like this whole thing, this whole, this whole time in terms of like Johnny's character, his biggest motivation, his biggest drive in this film has been money based you know and that's like that's like a that's like a handcuff it's like a shackle that he's bound to but here's okay here's my complaint here's my complaint about Patrick Swayze he's dressed like a badass he's dressed like a mean dude right like I know he's not I know that blah blah blah, blah but like he's just like Fonzie you know he's just like a real cool guy so check this out sunglasses as well look I'm going anyway and I know what you must be thinking you don't know anything about me anything at all I know you want baby to be like you. You know, the kind of person that does things to make other people look up to them. Well, Dr. Houseman, baby is like that. I mean, if you could just see... I don't don't know. you tell me what to see. Right here. I see someone in front of me who got his partner in trouble and sent her off to some butcher while he moved on to an innocent young girl like my daughter. He doesn't fight back. He just, you know I mean? He doesn't, like, defend himself. And he's like, I guess that's what you would see, but, like... You're 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 dressed like that, dude. You're wearing all black. You got a leather jacket. You're wearing sunglasses. You got, you know what I mean. He looks like uh, uh what's his name? Derry, right? He looks like Derry. No, from uh uh uh, gosh, um, Outsiders. What was that guy's name? Was it Derry? 
saw you in seven pieces now. Yeah, Jerry. He yeah, he's 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 dressed exactly like Jerry from Outsiders. So of course he would assume that of you, because that's the way, you know. But whatever, I get it. You shouldn't judge people on their appearance, anyways. But I think that scene might have had more impact if he was wearing like a white shirt, or if he was. He'd be still wearing this outfit, but like maybe wearing that tuxedo, like a black tuxedo, whatever that like he usually wears. Anyways, really quick thing about this song. I think I mentioned this before. I think this was in another movie. I think I talked about this in the Ghost episode, but like, this song is sung by Patrick Swayze. Which is crazy, because it's like his only song he's ever written and, and sang. And it's a good song. But it's just, it's so random that it's in here. It's only in here for like a, a short uh, moment. You know? So I have a conspiracy theory about this. Either one, he didn't write the song and like they just said he did. Or two, like he had this song already and he wrote it before this movie. And then he's like telling the directors like, hey, I, I got this song I've been working on. I was wondering, could I sing it for this? You know, that's my conspiracy. It's not a big conspiracy, but I don't believe that he wrote this movie for this song and they included it. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know where, like, oh, hey, by the way, um, I sing. <laughs> I, I write a couple songs, you know, like, what? That, leave that to the hula. <laughs> leave that to Lisa here to do her own singing, songwriting, and contributing to the soundtrack. Also, doesn't sound like Patrick Swayze. <laughs> so, I don't know. This is so crazy. He's never sung. I guess he sang a song called Stay. No, he didn't. Anyways, ended, ended up being a hit and like was on Billboard and everything. It's like a random story of like a, a, an actor becoming a one-hit wonder for a song in the... I don't know. I'm just saying, why hasn't he written more songs? You know? Uh, so we're getting ready here for this grand finale. And this is... You know, I, I, I uh, maybe this is my fifth uh, complaint, but now that I just realized this, this is a very transparent, um, jeez, <laughs> she's like miming everything, um, uh, 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 Johnny, um, leaving and coming back is such a transparent, uh, uh, Good luck in medical school. Messer, uh, 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 what's it called? And I wanted to thank you for Misdirect, that's the word. We've all gotten into messes like these. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. This freaking Brock Turner attitude. Baby told you. Look, I'm not sure. I mean, Penny said so, but you know, with girls like that, they're liable to pin it at any guy around. Boom, take that money back. He was just gonna give that dude some money. How dare he? Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, oh, listen to this. You and me and Tina, we've seen it all, huh? 
This is like a love story to something that doesn't exist anymore. Again, I don't know what this whole adult camping thing is, but this is like, oh, hey, it's over. We're not going to be able to do this anymore. People want uh, Vegas, basically. He's explaining. It's all about Vegas now, baby. Trips to Europe, that's what the kids want. 22 countries in three days. Feels like it's all slipping away. It's a relic. And having never met it, I don't miss it. I don't understand this at all. Let's join in just one last chorus. Visitors, staff, and guests. What we shared won't be forgotten. This poor lady, like her husband is never there. Uh, what was I gonna say? I was just about to say something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, uh Johnny's saying, no, nah, I'm out of here, goodbye. And then the big talent show, and then he's in and then he shows up, right? Like, it was just, it was so trans, uh, parent that this is gonna happen. But you know, this is a big sacrifice. He's saying no to the bonus, whatever that, that summer bonus was. He's saying, forget it, you know. I'm giving it the money. To end this the right way. And listen to this. Okay, get ready for this iconic line. Get ready for this. What does that mean? That is arguably the most quoted line from this film, the most famous line from this movie. Oh my gosh, Jerry Orbach's huge. I didn't realize he was so tall. Um, nobody puts baby in a corner. It's not a callback to anything, it's not apropos of anything. It doesn't have any context or relevance to this scene. She wasn't even in the corner of the room. I just wish that that was something. It means nothing. It's just a badass thing to say. He might as well have gone up to her and says, you know, hey, you let, you know, uh, uh, you let baby vote for the next election. Or, hey, if baby says recycle, you recycle. What? It doesn't mean anything. It's just like a oddly preachy thing to say. That's like the last thing that bugged me about this about movie. Kind of I don't know if that, that was six or, or five or six or seven, but yeah, I Sit down, I love this too. Look at the mom. Boom. She's been quiet this whole time and now she's finally saying something. But yeah, like nobody puts baby in the corner. Yeah, sure. Of course. No, nobody's trying to put baby in the corner, man. No. <laughs> All they needed to do was set that up with one scene. They made they cut it out earlier or whatever. You know, but if she would just complain to like, you know, oh, it's my dad. You know, he's a little bit protective. He's always keeping me in the corner. That's all we needed. Like that literally the line I just made up right now, you could have thrown that earlier and then it would have made, nobody puts baby in the corner. It would have given it so much context, would have made so much sense. Anyways, guys, who cares? Here it is, guys. The final dance sequence. This is so much fun. It's about 10 minutes long. This is the grand finale. And you can see, compared to the earlier dance, look at her face now. She is confident. She's no longer nervous. She can be herself in front of not just everybody here, but also with her family. I love it. <laughs> I love Lisa. I think she gets it from me. Jump 
I have nothing to say. <laughs> I'm just gonna enjoy this again. I love this scene. When I watched this last night, I was just beaming like an idiot the whole time. And I'm beaming like an idiot right now. I love this, you know, the way that he, you know, like that's just the dancing and performance and arts in general. It always has been a way to transcend everything, class, race, gender, sexuality, you know, all those things. It unites people. And here I do love the entertainment staff was relegated to standing in the back, right? And here he is giving the entertainment staff an opportunity to step forward and, and gets their um, their spotlight look at Jennifer Grace serving excellent face as always oh here it is a lift That's my dream. And I do love this. Look at that. Again, the big unifier. Now they're bringing the guests up too as well. It's like a stuffy, you know, a stuffy like show or whatever. Look at these ladies. They look like they're all like upset, but no, they're getting into it. Even they want to dance. Everybody wants to dance. Who can say no to this? Well, she can say no to this, whatever. This is the future, baby. This is Vegas, right? Uh, and they're gonna sneak away. I love this moment. I know you weren't the one who got Penny in trouble. <laughs> yeah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Right? Like, it seems like such a minor miscommunication. Wonderful out there. But this is like our big climactic, like, hey, I'm wrong. I was wrong. But like, there were just so many opportunities to clear that up. Whatever. That might be that might be my last complaint. Anyways, here we go. You can see Lisa gets to dance with uh, Johnny's cousin. Everybody that I hear dirty dancing. Everybody's having a good time. That's it, man. Everything's redeemed. You know, he's redeemed. She redeemed. Everybody, everything's resolved. This is beautiful. Now I the time of my life. Oh, I kind of hate this too. <laughs> I get that the words of the song illustrate what's going on right now. It's a little bit on the nose that Patrick Swayze's like. 
you know, mouthing the words. I don't really hate it. Like, it, I, I think it's awesome too. But you know, it works because it's the last like five minutes of the movie. It works in that instance. But any other time, I would like not be okay with that. But whatever. It's just so happy. Holy shit! Look at that. These guys just picking her up. Just flexing, just showing off how strong he is and how how light she is. There it is, guys. That has been Dirty Dancing. Wow, what a great way to end it. Um, man, that, you know, I don't want to brag. At, at my strongest, I could lift um, 135 pounds free weight over my shoulders like that. Like five times. There's got to be more to it. How come I can never lift up someone? Sorry. <laughs> I'm digressing. I'm like really, like I'm telling you, that's one of my lifelong goals is to be able to do that Patrick Swayze lift. Uh, anyways, um, guys, that has been uh, 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 Dirty Dancing. Um, yeah, let's talk about it, guys. Uh, Patrick Swayze. We've already talked about Patrick Swayze. Uh, rest in peace, you know, taken too soon. I think I mentioned before. Talented, terrific actor. Um, yeah, man. And he, everything he did was amazing. And what other movie could I do from him? I'm trying to think. Like, just an amazing, amazing presence. But uh, yeah, that's Patrick Swayze. Um, Jennifer Grey, of course. You know, I, I, again, didn't have much exposure to Jennifer Grey. The only thing I knew about her was, I uh, had seen her in before, was uh, Felix Bueller's Days Off. But I learned something about her um, as I was doing research the night before. Um, apparently, after Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they ended up dating. And that's kind of weird because that's his sister in the movie, but whatever. And then um, afterwards, uh, they got in a car accident, and uh, homegirl or um, homeboy Magic Broderick, you know, killed someone in that accident. And after that. Uh, Jennifer Grey took some time off of acting. And she also, had, like, apparently broke her nose and she had to get um, corrective surgery on her nose. And, you know, it's, there's this, like, story about her not looking the same. I mean, you know, that's the thing about noses. Noses are the center of the face and it can really um, change the way you look. So I guess after that accident, she never really looked the same again. I don't know. That's just one of the things that's like really interesting, really tough about being like a, 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 a an actress, a star, a, a leading lady, as it were. Um, 
But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, after watching this movie, I really had a, a, a newfound appreciation for her as an actress. And I'm just wondering, why didn't she keep acting? And then it's a tragic story behind that. Uh, Cynthia Rhodes uh, played Penny. Again, really, really, like, you know, I would say the third lead of the film, maybe. Uh, maybe fourth lead after um, Jerry Orbach. Yeah, she also stopped acting after this. It's it's interesting. You know, it's, it's uh, kind of a sad legacy that this movie leaves behind um i mentioned before she did a bunch of different dancing movies but this was the last film that she uh appeared in cynthia rose um uh, uh jerry orbach of course went on to uh star in law and order but um some of you may know he he, he passed away um, in 2004, so yeah, kind of a sad legacy for this. And then even more sad, I, it's, I'm I'm sorry to do this, end on such a bummer, such a positive movie. But after you know, last night I did a lot of research, and it was kind of sad. The director of this film, again, I think he did a fine and fantastic job. Uh, 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 Emil Ardolino, you know, uh, Oscar-winning documentarian. Uh, he made this movie. Uh, he was also like a, a choreographer, so it was just great. It was beautiful, and like he, he did a really great job. He also directed Sister Act, which is another movie that I really love. I think I talked about Sister Act in the Ghost uh, episode as well. Lots of connections here, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, he passed away in 1993 uh, due to complications from AIDS. Uh, so unfortunately, we didn't get to enjoy too many more films from him. And then finally, the writer. Eleanor Bergstein based a lot of the stories in this film on her um, on her uh, her life, like back uh, on her her real life, and you know, as far as like movies she's written, she wrote like three movies: uh, "It's My Turn," "Dirty Dancing," and then another movie in 1995 called "Let It Be." And then they stopped buying scripts from her, which is crazy because, like I said, this is such a well-written story. They tackle so many different items, and uh, uh, I don't know, like it's surprising and kind of depressing if you think about how good this movie is. And then you're like, "This is great. I want to, you know, let's keep the good vibes going. Let's watch some more movies. Let's watch, you know, watch more movies like this." And there's nothing. Most of these people went on to stop working after this. It's really tough. Um, but that's not the end of the legacy of uh, Dirty Dancing, of course. Uh, there was a prequel, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, which came out in 2004. Did not see it, though. Um, I don't know if I plan on watching it. There is a, uh, a remake of it back in 2017, um, which I've heard was not very good. Uh, there's a stage musical of this, which is perfect. It's you know fraught. Or it's perfect for a musical. And then finally, uh, there's a planned sequel in the works, which I'm kind of excited for. We'll see how they do with that. So uh, you know, even though it's been a while, and it's you know kind of. Uh, sad that most of the people are, are now gone. It's glad to see the story continuing with Jennifer Grey. Uh, one last thing, uh, just to note, something that I found uh, important to make an, uh, a note of. The person that choreographer, uh, the choreographer for this movie is Kenny Ortega. If you're not familiar with that uh, term or that name, he's a very famous um, uh, uh, 
uh, choreographer, but he also directed High School Musical. So he's responsible for that as well. Um, so yeah. Um, gosh, what else is there to say, man? Let's just talk about the, the success of this film. Let's just focus on that. So yeah, sorry to end on such a bummer. I was kind of bummed out last night as well. Um, uh, uh, the, the budget. So this is the one thing that's like the most craziest thing. So I mentioned before, on paper, does not seem like it would be a very like popular film, right? It's like, oh, it's kind of a rough uh, idea, rough story. Like this girl goes to this camp with her family and all these things happen. And she kind of gets this awakening in more ways than one. It's a tough story to sell, but... Guys, uh, they only gave a $5 million budget, which is small, you know? I don't know, again, inflation, how that really works, but just to, like, put it in perspective, you know, um, most movies are made with, like, $20 million and a $5 million budget. That's usually what they give to, like, horror movies, you know? Uh, uh, like Blumhouse, a lot of Blumhouse movies have, like, these, like, small little micro budgets of, like, less less than $10 million. $5 million is really small. But... Uh, they pulled it off, right? I mean, it makes sense too with here. Like, it's like it's all one location. All they needed to do was rent out a camp. That's all they really needed. Most things seem to have been naturally lit, right? You have the choreographer and the acting. Really, really solid story carrying most of this film. Guys, it made over $200 million in box office. Isn't that amazing? From $5 million to over $200 million, right? Like, the, 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 the percentage is, is amazingly successful. And this... Oh man, we talk about the hundred million dollar mark. This doubled it. You know, this is this is Marvel numbers that this movie was able to do. Such a small budget, so um, cannot underscore underplay how successful this film was and how much of an impact it has. Interestingly, I also looked up the um, Rotten Tomatoes. Sixty nine percent is the score from the critics, which is a fucking joke. How fucking dare you? Why would a critic criticize this movie? It doesn't make any sense why critics would put it down. Um, anyways, the fans gave it 90%. I even, I think that's a little bit too low, man. This movie is like 95. It should be 95. Like, I don't understand how you could hate this movie unless you hate abortions or you hate women's reproductive rights. You just hate women. This movie is just so, I don't know, like strong female lead and it's just got strong feminist undertones. I just, Ugh, I'm just rambling now. Guys, I love this movie. Um, I'm really glad I got a chance to see it for the first time, and now I'm really glad we got a chance to share this experience together. Um, yeah. Uh, if you have, if you know any other gems like this, please let me know. I would love to, to watch them and have my mind blown. But uh, that's going to go ahead and do it. Uh, again, this has been a bonus episode. I know this isn't a, a rom-com, but I'm just glad I got a chance to, like, get out most of what I feel about this film together on this podcast. Uh, we'll still be getting your regularly scheduled episode this Sunday, but uh, that's going to go ahead and do it for me tonight. Thank you again so much for watching and sharing this experience with me. Take care and I'll see you next time.